figured it out. This is the one you were trying to tell me about yesterday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've been told I talk too much and I curse too much, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to tone it down. I say fuck him. See, that's just terrible. This is coming from the preschool teacher. I know. We have to use our grown-up words now. It's okay. All right. So we got a cue of the W. The question was posed on one of my uh, people of color travel pages. Because you are definitely high yellow. I realize I'm not. Like, I'm transparent. A people of color. I'm invited to these pages, and sometimes I wonder, like, why? It's like Damon Wayans saying, I'm in shape, I'm round. Right. I'm of of pink. Did you say I'm of pink? (laughs) I'm of pink, and I'm round. Pink is a color, I guess. It is. But I'm invited to these pages because I'm a parent of beige people. Beige people. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, the parent wanted to know, with this being Black History Month. Shortest month of the year. What do we do to teach our children? This was a a question posed to the whole group. Mm. What do we do to teach our children about black history and what tools do we use? Okay. (laughs) I wish I I had on record what I said the other day. Um, I could just like hit play and just play that. Yeah. Now, let me be clear. I did not answer the question because... I'm of pink. And sometimes when these questions... Try that again. I said sometimes when these questions are asked, I feel like I shouldn't answer. Because they're not being... They're really not being asked of me. Yeah. So I just... Take note, read the comments, and scroll on by. Well, I mean, I guess if... Isaac Hayes can walk on by. You can scroll on by. Because really, I don't teach about black history. It's just part of our I do. daily life. Like I teach it to Chinese people. <laughs> right? <laughs> you, you, oh, that's you, so funny. You teach it to your children. You teach it to your pink wife. I teach it to people from Trinidad. I teach it to everybody. Well, she's blackish. Yeah, well, sometimes you got to, how you think you go from blackish to black? You got to be taught. Shit, well, I was taught. I was taught. I well, mean, I've been learning for more than, you know, 20 years. I've been learning my whole life. <laughs> I mean, I've been actively seeking information since I was 17. So, damn, I'm okay, For some reason, our, our audio just keeps stopping. I don't know why it keeps stopping, but it keeps stopping. I thought you fixed it. No, no, no. It's stopped twice now so far. Wow. We aren't even three minutes in, are we? That's what I'm saying. Four minutes and it's stopping over and over and over. I don't know what what the dealio is. I think we need to stop and come back. Stop and come back then. All right. We'll be right back. All right. We're back. Pee breaks, potty breaks, all that stuff. Finished. I think we should hopefully be able to uh, record now without stopping every five minutes. You think you fixed it? No, I don't think I fixed it. I just rebooted. Oh. It must needs be rebooting. All right. So I've been trying to think of a good way to answer this question without. <laughs> just do you, dude. Without saying it the way I said it. Just before. say it. <laughs> 
So, and actually giving people real strategies, like what they could do. So, Black History Month. What do you do during Black History Month? First, ignore Black History Month. Yep. Because basically, it's not Black History, it's history. So, now, if you pose, if you sit back and look at all of history, kind of like what is in the back of Lerone Bennett's, Lerone Bennett Jr.'s Before the Mayflower. It's a timeline of, of just history. And it highlights all of the things that black folks have done. All of the stuff. Well, just go ahead and incorporate all of those things into your the, the conversations you have with your children, the things that you bring up, talk about, all of that stuff. Just why why not just bring that as a part of what you talk about? So if you have something from, say, your past and you say it and your child says, oh, my God, what is that? There's a lesson. Right. And, and, you know, we have this term that came in, I think, with somewhere around Obama coming in as teachable moments. These are the teachable moments. Every moment is a teachable No, every moment, moment, it doesn't necessarily have something teachable in it, though. Right? So if you have this thing, that this event that happens, if I say, slide me some skin, and my child looks at me and says, what does that mean? It's like, oh. Teachable moment. Well, then here we go. And yeah. now you need to find out. We need to look it up. We need to do research. We need to, f where does this even come from? Why do we say it? Who says it? What is the time period surrounding that? When did it go in? When did it come out of the lexicon? Blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden you're teaching history. I think the, I, 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 I appreciate the idea that history and the accurate telling of history that included people of color around the world and that wasn't just Western-centric. Right. I understand that people want to combat that by then just saying, okay, then we need another version of history to be taught. It's like, no, we need all of the history to be taught. Just right. all of it at the same time. And, and this is not like, you know, saying, oh, you know, all lives matter. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is history is history. These things were actually happening at the same time. When you're in a history class, they should be talking about all of these things that were happening at the same time. Yes. To give context. Yep. And to not give the impression that only, say, Western culture was doing something while other cultures were doing nothing. That's, the, that's, that's usually the biggest complaint. We hear about Europe. We yeah. hear about America. But then we don't hear about what was going on in, say, China at the same time or what was going on around other parts of the world to give context to what was happening. You know, when if we did that, if we took a more holistic view of the planet and talked about history at a certain time, then we would see the connections and the influences from one culture to another. Whereas we don't see that right now when we teach history in America. We're only right. focused on Western culture. So then we leave out a ton of the East, a ton of Africa, a ton of even, even Eastern Europe we leave out. Right. Yep. So, okay. So black history. Black history... In, in, and honestly, you're going to have to define what black history is. From my point of view, black history is not African history. From my view, black history isn't the history of all uh, of the African diaspora. My, the idea of black history, you are being very specific in your words when you say black history because you're really talking about those people with a legacy of slavery in America and talking about the history once they arrived on the shores of the Americas. Yes. Okay. So if that's the case, if that's where you're going to start, now that doesn't mean that that's where our, where all black history, African history, diasporic history starts. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying though, is that when you're talking about teaching it in the schools and you're really being specific because you're not teaching African history at this point. No. 
You see? Nope. You're, these, these people that you're talking about, you're talking about the, a, a specific group of Africans who were displaced, removed, stolen, sold, taken away from their home, their exactly. culture, their language, everything, and taken to a new place. And they forged some different, a, a whole different branch of this group of people. Okay. So when we talk about Black History and Black History Month, that's what we're talking about because basically I don't know of another country that does a Black History Month. So we're only talking within the context of America. Yes. Okay. So Americans. And I would contend that the only black people are American, but that's a whole different argument. So, okay. How do you teach that to your kids? You teach it. It's just like everything else you teach your kids. You know, this is where I get start to get angry because it's like, you don't, nobody, nobody said, nobody asked the question, how do we teach about George Washington? Well, nobody asked that question because why? They just teach it. Nobody asked, how do we teach about Christopher Columbus? Why? Because they just teach it. Right. So stop asking, how do you teach it? And just teach it. Honestly, give your kids an honest accounting of history of these particular people. But I find that. That's my two cents. I find that people. Okay, the layperson, the person who isn't a history teacher, because you and I both could teach history. Okay, I was doing this before I was a history teacher. I understand. You and I both taught history. We are history buffs. But I find that the average person doesn't know anything other than what they were taught in elementary, middle, and high school. Okay, that's, is that an excuse? No, it is not an excuse. It's, uh, it's laziness. But <clears throat> I find that it, if I would say the average, pers- uh, average American still believes Christopher Columbus discovered America. We all know that isn't true. But the average American still believes that. So how are they going to teach their child history when they don't know it i got one word for you one we all have to do it in school it's called research read no research see i can read something that validates my worldview that's not research okay that's that's just if you read one book and it says exactly what you believe africans immigrated to america to work in on plantations as slaves. Really? So my worldview is that they wanted to leave Africa because it was so bad. And so if that's my worldview, then it makes sense. But it's wrong. It's wrong. Okay, so research. That's where you need to start. And all of our children, no matter who they are in the world, all children need to learn how to research. Yes. How to how to find information, look it up, read it, assimilate it, then then critically analyze it. Yes. And okay. So, if you do that with your kids, you're not going to come out with a pie in the sky version of Martin Luther King Jr. No. You see what I mean? You're not going to you're not going to come out with a totally militant version of Malcolm X. Right. You see, that's the, I think that's where the issue comes in is that we're, we're not really teaching history. We're not really looking at what the history is. What we are doing is just regurgitating old stuff and we're not doing the research to find out. And we're discounting the research when it comes along instead of looking at it critically and saying, well, maybe this person has a point or maybe they don't, or maybe this is, you know, this refutes that particular version. Right. And actually doing history, doing the research. Because when we like say, look at a place like say, uh, the Middle Ages in Europe, and we look at that, that's what they're doing to that history. Right. They're getting new information. They're they're 
they're chopping it up. They're trying to look at every little thing. They're looking at, at different types of evidence, geological, archaeological, biological. They're, yeah, they're looking at all of these different things. Why are we not doing that? See, why is this not happening for just talking about history in the Americas or in America, the United States of America? Why are we not doing that? Why are we just going with one narrative? And that's where, and I think that's where the history teachers have failed in a lot of ways. They are promoting a version, right? Because of the textbooks, because I like the, even the textbook that I have now. Now a lot of that stuff in there is like, um, f I'm sorry, people, no, right? <laughs> this is not right. And I, but see, the problem is I'm teaching in a context that's Chinese, and I'm telling them, yeah, this is not, this is not true, right? You know. And I had that when I taught in Thailand, when I taught history in Thailand, and there were things that I was reading in the textbook, and I'm like, but this is not right. This isn't true. Like? Well, like, there was some 9-1, like 9-11 stuff. I had to teach that lesson, and and it was simply just not true. Like, there were aspects of it that were not true, and... And I remember, like, reading through the text, and I'm like, wait a minute, I lived this. This this didn't happen. You know, George Bush didn't do this. I was there. I watched this all on TV. I watched it all unfold. And so when, when as a history teacher, you've come across text like that, it should, it's incumbent upon you to then challenge what the text is saying and say, this is not right. And here's why it's not right. And here are all these different things that we know to be fact, this text is wrong. But I find that many teachers don't do that. I think, I think teachers become really lazy. Complacent. Well, I think, I think it's just laziness, honestly. Because if you have a book there, it's easier just to just teach what's in the book, especially since um, the books are approved by boards. Yeah. And then if you go and stray away from that too much, you're not going to meet your rec you're not going to meet the um, you're not going to meet the the basic requirements in the class. You're not you're not meeting those requirements, and then when they take a test. They're going to have the wrong answers on the test. And then that's going to reflect badly on the school and the teacher and oh. all of those things. See, that's that's where part of the problem comes in. So then we can't have teachers that are really critical of the text that they have in the classroom because then that creates doubt in the student. So then they don't pass the test. That is the critical part of education today. And they must they must pass these tests so that the school gets a good grade so that the school can then say that they're a good school and keep their funding. Yeah. See, I mean, there's a, there's a different problem there. And I, I agree with you for all of us that teach outside of that system. Yeah. We can be critical. We can go back and go, wait a minute, let me check that and go back and do our own research and then bring that into the classroom. And when we give a test to our students, ambiguity or a difference of opinion can be allowed, right. but they're not being tested on some test that is going across a whole state or something like right. that, that they have to then meet basic requirements. And so it's a, I agree. I agree that the history teacher should be doing that. I mean, I do that whenever I, uh, no matter what I'm teaching, I don't know everything about everything. So I, every time I come across something, I'm looking it up and going, Oh, cause I, feel that I have to be able to explain it. Right. So, and I have to be ready for those other questions. Yes. So I go back and I start doing my own little mini research on some aspect of whatever I'm teaching at the time. And then I will be able to say to my students, there is contention here. Right. People don't agree. Yep. You know, there, there's a problem here and there it's still being, we're still looking for more evidence. I can do that. But if you did that in a, place that was going to take one test that was yes or no answer you can't let the children go down that road yeah. but then that also hurts i think in edu hurts their education because then they don't do it 
And I think that's probably one of the greatest benefits world school children have is that they have that ability to learn how to research and do their own research and ask the questions and delve into it more deeply than they would if they were sitting in a classroom being spoon-fed the information. I know, but so it goes back to research, right? Yeah. Yeah, it goes back. It go that's and cultivating curiosity. Honestly, I, I as a teacher of students who really don't care, they really don't care. I mean, they really don't care. I don't need them to be curious, but I do need them to have the skill. Well, the question was, how do we teach our children? Well, Not how we teach our students, but how do we teach our children? And we cultivate a culture of curiosity. Well, yeah. And but we've done that, that since, they were, since they were since they born. were born. I mean, little bitty people. Yeah. You know, Aaron used to ask why five hundred times a day, and we would go find the answers, and, and we, we would do the research. We would do the research. We would, ha- you know, go right with him and look it up, and it was my favorite thing about him. Maybe, maybe that's the one of the early on one of the the strategies that parents could use is. You don't need to know it all. Right. So acknowledging the fact that you don't need to know it all allows you to have the freedom to say, I'm not sure about that. Let's look it up. Let's talk about this. Let's let's get into this and see what we can find and throw the child on your lap and sit in front of the computer and start going through stuff and reading it out loud and do, because you're showing them the skill without it being like punitive in any way like grade wise right and you're you're building up their confidence to say i don't know about this let me go find out right and that's something that our children do daily oh i saw this thing on this video i want to learn more about it and then they'll go look it up and they'll go and watch four or five or six videos about this thing and then they'll go read an article or download a book or whatever it is but that's the luxury they have of not being in a, in a traditional school. Right. Because in a traditional school, it's going to push one, one way of thinking because of the testing that's going to come later. Right. Whether that's the chapter test, the end of the term test, the final exam, or the standardized test given by the state. Right. You know, there, it's got, they, you've got to have some concrete yeah to those answers or else your kids while being able to think critically i mean imagine the essay that comes out of a a child who thinks critically and say sixth grade about questions about history yeah the essay might be awesome but their answers to the test are going to be all over the place they're going to be and mostly wrong because once you go to true and false if there's no maybe you're in trouble right (laughs) You know, well, I I used to I used to fall into that too when I was in school. There was a time when we were in Thailand when Aaron took a test, and his answer was something about uh, the question was something like, "How did Americans feel about um, the Vietnam War?" And his he answered based on what he had seen on one of the Ken Burns videos that you had shown them. Okay. And his answer was correct. So I marked it correct. But when the owner of the school went and went back and looked at all the questions and remarked my test for whatever reason. Oh, I know, because he wanted his son to get a higher grade. Um, he said, this, this is wrong. This isn't what the book said. And I said, but it's right. Because I know the history. <laughs> but you don't know the history. And because Aaron didn't spit out verbatim what his book said, this man wanted to write, mark him incorrect. But Aaron was right. Okay, but now you're talking about a problem that Asia has. Well, he's not Asian. He was South African. But it's an Asian issue. Yeah. It's not in the book. Chinese. It's not in the book. 
it can't be it's nothing you can't stray from the information right. that's in the book yeah it must be the thing in the book and it must be said the same way that it's said it, yeah in it the has book. to be verbatim right but even when they try to do it verbatim they get it because they don't understand what what's really being said and they try to just you know memorize the words in the right order right you know, they still get get it wrong. They don't understand what's going on. I would rather have them, you know, give me a critical answer than, you know, regurgitating some words in the correct order. Correct. So, I guess as far as Black History Month is concerned, I guess where you have to start is, what do you know? Right. And how do you incorporate what you know into stuff every single day about history told in a way that is accurate? Yes. But you've got to know what accurate is. Yep. See, this is this is where the whole parent as teacher thing comes in. And a lot of parents do not want, if they're not educators already, or they have no interest in history... Then all of a sudden they they allow themselves to get sucked into this hole of just letting somebody else do it, yeah. let somebody else come yep. up with the materials, let somebody else do the do the work, and it's like you could do that, but now you've got to go and get the the resources, and now you've got to give them to your child, and now your child's going to be doing the research. I mean, I'm sorry, but if I plop down stolen legacy in front of someone, oh no. I, I, <laughs> No, no, if I do no. it to an adult, most adults would look at that and be like, what? Listen, or I can I, do Diop's, you know, African origins of civilization. No, yeah, right. No. You, you, I mean, are you really going to go there? I mean, most people can't. Most people have no desire to do that. I mean, I, I've, I don't know how many times I told somebody to read the ISIS papers and they just. Their heads explode before, I mean, I think before the first That's, chapter is yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's I mean. It's very difficult to get through. So you got to keep in mind that, you know, even even if you're talking about an early sociologist like Du Bois, you, really? You know, the slave narrative dealing, is very difficult dealing to get with, through. And dealing with all of this stuff that's written, if you're not into it, I have a feeling that you're probably not going to be into it, whether it's black history or not. Right. And now you now you're talking about I want bumper sticker history. I want something right, that right, fits right. on the back yep. of a three by five card yeah. that can just say, oh, this guy. Oh, he was so important. He helped design, you know, Washington, D.C. And oh, this guy, you know, that. Uh, oh, oh. And that. Oh, that was the guy that did the, the light street light and oh oh then that was it and then you're just doing this weird right um oh black people are good black people did things right you know yeah. in the americas and you know that's that's a good start it's a good place to begin but that's not history no you know those are just like snippets you know well, as a mother especially as a mother who didn't have a lot of history prior to having beige babies I went and got books, child-appropriate books for them. So one of Keegan's favorite was uh, the book about Madam C.J. Walker. And um, there were some different athlete books that she had and the Freedom Box and those types of, of things. And they were age-appropriate history lessons. But then I learned a lot. Because then I would have to go and research more because she would say, well, what is a hot comb and what, you know, what, why couldn't they use this product and why did they need to use that product and do I have to use this product? So at that point, when she's three years old asking me these questions, now I have to go do the research and we would go and watch the YouTube video or, you know, look it up on Wikipedia or whatever it was because I can't answer. I don't know. I've never used a hot comb in my life. Me neither. My hair would probably fall out. <laughs> I mean, I can't put oil but on I've my seen hair. Them, or... I've seen them be used. I've never seen it used outside of a video. <laughs> oh, the hot comb. Okay. So, I mean, you got to, I guess, I guess for anyone out there struggling with this, I 
Start with the research. And start, start with, young. Start, but just start wherever you are. What if you can't start young? Okay, well. I mean, if, you, if you're sitting there and all of a sudden you've got this 10-year-old in front of you and you're, you haven't done anything up to this point and they've only got what they had in school, okay, use that as a basis. Eyes on the prize, baby. Well, yeah, you can always go to eyes on the prize. There's lots of videos out there, lots of things, but you still have to scrutinize right. what's in them because they're still going to be, they're still being told from a certain perspective yes. that can lead people down the wrong road. Like Not the, to historical accurateness, but toward, you know, helping people feel good yes. instead of actually yes. telling the real story. Because there was that documentary we watched about Martin Luther King Jr.'s life. And I made the mistake, and I say this truthfully, I made the mistake of asking why didn't they show in the documentary that Dr. King had worked with Malcolm X? Why was that never mentioned? And I got a two-hour history lecture about this, and then I got a list of, of books that I had to read. Yes, but worked with is where the problem comes in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was at that point that you know you're like oh i you should read this book this book this book and i'm like uh-huh okay and then you started pulling books off the shelf and saying here it is read this one go read this one start with this one you know this well, one's yeah. next and when i read a message books. to a black Imagine. to the black man i sat there reading that just shaking my head like okay how am I supposed to take this information and then how am I supposed to use what I know now? How am I supposed to how am I supposed to look at this stuff and not ask a trillion more questions? But that's the whole that's what research is though, and that's what we have to not be afraid of. You have to you have to sit back and say I'm going to give you Five points. Four and a half of them you will not understand. Right. Now you got to look up those four and a half. Well, now you need to dive deeper. I remember sitting. Uh, I was I was substituting at um, the kids' school, and I was sitting there reading the Cornell West Reader, and I had the computer open. <laughs> I had the dictionary up on the computer because, of course, reading that book, there it's so dense and there are so many words that I didn't know. And I have an extremely large vocabulary, but it's just a different, it's a whole nother level. Okay, Cornell West is not talking like a black person, though. No. Not, not, not in his books. He's not, he's not using what we call the vernacular. No, he's no, using no, 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 no. He's using very... Different kind of academic like PhD right. level academic, and I just remember the the pedagogista coming and looking at me and saying, "You're reading that book?" And I said, "Yes." He said, "I couldn't get past the fourth chapter. How are you getting through it?" And I'm like, "Time and a dictionary," but I had to read it because it was in my list. Yeah, but it, the the idea is. Trying to get, and not all parents can do this. I know, you know, most people, they don't ever get this deep into sociology. Right. You know, where they're actually critiquing society and looking at the different issues that are there within the society in the United States. Most people don't ever want to get into that stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, Cornell West, Du Bois, even, even, um, uh, Marcus Garvey, all of these guys, Booker T, Frederick Douglass, when, when they're writing, they're, they're trying to, even Martin Luther King, they're trying to turn around, turn the mirror around to America and saying, look. Baldwin did this a lot. Yeah. And to just say, take a look at this. Is this really what you want to be doing? And the problem that they all had is America said, yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. We're making America great again. Yeah. Yeah. This is exactly what we want to be doing. And and 
black people have always been in the position to be like, well, maybe that's not, that, that's probably not a good thing to be doing. Right. And America has always answered back, but this is what we want. Yeah. And if if you're going to dive into history, you, you, you know where you are, but you got to jump back there and start taking a, a really hard look. And you have to start looking at the places around the United States that then influence the United States. Because that's what I think one of our one of our biggest problems is that we don't look at the islands. We don't look at where slavery was big when it comes to the sugar plantations, when it comes to those like even we, we always talk about Amistad, but we don't deal with the fact that those people did not come to the United States first. Right. They went to Cuba first. Yes. And then they came to the United States. Yep. And this idea that the islands are left out of that history, this this influence of culture, language, religion, all of these things. Mm-hmm. We do, we don't think about that stuff. We only deal with um, people of African descent once they hit the shores of the United States. Yes. And I think if we take a, a broader look start with the shores of Africa and leaving. Mm. And then now where did those people go? And then what happened? And then you start looking at dealing with all of that time. Right. All of those people, all of those influences, languages, religions, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff going all the way from South America all the way through, you know, all the way up to Canada almost. Right. I mean, you're talking about that's a large area where people were brought over and then moved around, yeah. shuffled around. Well, and all of those things were all mixed up. That's why it's like so stupid for someone like Trump to talk about people from, you know, shithole countries, because right. basically that's what he's talking about. He's talking about places that are then controlled by the descendants of those people. Right. And, you know, you have to include Canada because a lot of the slaves escaped to Canada. Right, but that was more of an escape. What I'm, my point is, the looking at from slavery on, yeah, and the effects of slavery on that on the populations all the way through the Caribbean into the United States. Canada has always, in my mind, been seen as a refuge, but yeah. I'm sure at some point it wasn't. I don't know. I have family members that immigrated from England to Canada, but. That's it's it's not about what any other one any other person knows. It's about just learning and passing that information on to your children. And that's what we tend to do. But I do it without knowing I'm doing it. I do it like in a conversation. It's not your child says something. I respond to that thing and they go, what? Like, what is that? And it's like, oh, you don't. You don't know about Pygmy Markham. Oh, well, shit. Let's go look right. him up. You know, and then it becomes a thing of talking about, say, comedy and black comedy and and history. I mean, you're you're still talking history no matter yeah. what you talk about. Yeah. If, if it was yesterday, guess what? It was history. <laughs> it's history. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's and that's how I always approach it. You know, I'm always doing that. And I think that's where the that's where the issue comes in. I think for our children growing up growing up outside of the US that they probably have more black culture than I would say the average expat kid because they watch so many they've seen like so many old TV shows and they hear the music and you know, they keep current on the stuff that's going on now. And I've, I've seen a lot of parents say that they just, you know, they try to immerse their child in the country that they're in. And, you know, they don't keep up with what's going on in the U.S. Which is not necessarily good. It's not good because, you know, the end of the day, they hold an American passport. They should know about their culture. They should know about their country. I would say, but see, I think that's where the problem is. If you're going to call them world schoolers, they should be learning about the world. Right. And they should be getting an accurate historical representation 
in all of what they're doing. Yes. It should never be American history or American culture. It should be culture. Now, what is the culture where you are? Okay, let's learn about that. Now, what is the culture of this other place where you've never been? Right. You see what yep. I mean? It's, it's, you gotta, I think people need to sit back and stop looking at this, these places like they're separate because they're not separate. They have been made into one mass Economically speaking, mm -hmm. historically speaking, the wars that have been fought, all of these things have brought these disparate nations together. Right. Why not go and actually look at why is Thailand's flag the color that it is? What changed? What made it be this way? And then start looking at the history of that thing and how did America get involved in that? How did Britain get involved in that? How, you know, start actually right. criticizing it. Actually, Being critical of the facts that you're getting. That was one of the, my favorite parts about Thailand was that the, every morning on the radio you got a little bit of a history lesson, which... On the English-speaking radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run I mean, by who? The Thai government runs everything. No, no, no. I'm saying who was doing the reading? I don't know. Some Thai woman in British English. There you go. And her pronunciation was always off, but I would say, I would always yell back at the radio, but at least I got some history of the country. Which is kind of cool on the expat station that you're getting history of the country. Yeah, that's great. The problem is they weren't doing it on the Thai side. I don't they know. They weren't getting the history. Wouldn't they, they get history getting, in school? They weren't getting the not what you were getting. They didn't know what you were getting. They didn't because know the, the language barrier was there. Oh. You see, that's the that's the I think that's the part, and that's where I I get upset with. When we talk about history, like say you look at China right now, China is now stopping basically any, any, any other narrative that's not theirs sanctioned. Yeah. Okay. That narrative is, is being shut down. Yep. Okay. And it's actively being literally closed down right now. All right. Now. I go and look at the news, read the news, listen to a podcast or whatever, and I go into my classroom with that information, and the students have no clue about anything that I'm talking about because it was never on their news. Right. So then that always, always is going to throw doubt on what you're bringing. Yes. It can't be true because it was never in their news. And that's what I'm saying is happening in Thailand. That's what happens in the United States of America. So if you live um, in what? Texas right now. Yeah. You believe that Africans immigrated to America for jobs. No. Back during the 15, 1600s. No, 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 no. You can't see if you dismiss it as nonsense, it's propaganda the same as what's happening in China, because they have they've been not telling people about, say, what's happening in Beijing and the displacement of people there. Yeah, those... And to kick them, kick all these poor people out and destroying oh. their homes. They're not talking about that in the Chinese news, but they're talking no. about it in the foreign news, and the Chinese people don't know about it. I saw something this morning that made me kind of like, what? Um, China Daily had said something about uh, rural farming reforms vital to rural revitalization strategies. Now, when we first moved to China, we learned, we learned all about how the government was forcing the farmers out of the countryside and making them move into the cities. Yep. And if you moved into the city, you could never move back into the countryside. Yep. But now they have such an amazing overpopulation under housing Poor people in the city. Are you city. saying that the population is under the housing? No. They, they don't have enough housing. And now they have all the the people that are in Beijing that they're kicking out of the, the city 
Now they have to have some place for them to go, so they're trying to get them to go back to the farms. Well, they're trying to make them, they're making them go back to their hometowns. Right. Whether they're farms or not, they're just their hometowns. But Away from, get them out of Beijing, because they don't look good. It doesn't look good for them to be there. How many people did they say it was 100,000 uh, or something like that? Some crazy number of people. And it, there was a fire, and that's why they're now, because it was internationally known that there was this fire in this section of Beijing, and that's why they're now tearing down all these Hey, I my my problem houses. is not really with the politics and what they're choosing to do today. My problem is with recording that and disseminating that information out so that people can have, say, the truth about what's going on oh, in their current world happen. and in their past. Because remember, that's where the problem comes in. Yes. To bring it back to Black History Month, that's where the problem comes in. Yes. The history is not being reported the true history is not being reported it's just look being looked at as oh that's that stuff over there that's not necessary to know about right it's like no if you're going to talk about all the different peoples that have come into the americas all of their all of their histories if you're going to be doing quote unquote american history or the americas history right if that's what you're doing then you need to include all of those people yeah you know from the taino to the navajo you they they all should be there yes and that's where the that's i think to me that's where the biggest problem is because a lot of those histories have been negated yep i agree and we're not talking about them we're really just not talking about them. We're not talking about them even negatively sometimes. We're just just discounting the fact that they ever existed. Right. So, from my point of view, stop looking at black history as black history. Start looking at black history as just part of all of history of the Americas. And stop doing it only in February. Right. It shouldn't be one time of the month it's, or one time of the year. It should just be all the... I mean, you don't talk about teaching any of any other history in the world in just one month of the year. In 28 days. You're talking about teaching history as... It's just history. Right. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. You yeah. know? It's all inclusive. That's like saying, oh, we need women's history. No, you need to <laughs> include them in what is just history. Yeah. You know, but even in my history book the, about the Americas does that. It tries to separate women out. Ugh. And then it starts giving you information that's just not relevant to the time period that you're talking about. So it's like, okay, now you pulled women out. Like they weren't part, they're not a part of any of the stuff that comes after that. And it's like, that's where, and I, and I teach it that way. I'm like, look. This is what your book has done. Read this first little blurb about the time of today. And we will come back to this page when we get further in time so that you can see how it connects right. to what we're actually doing at that moment. Because if you don't, the it will be male centric. Yeah. You know, and they won't be talking about. Like, That's you why know, we and, call it his story. You know, the problem is that we have to start looking at history as actually just history right these events happen at the same time yep you know and why did they happen at the same time make those connections connect these things for your children you know make them see at this year these things happened all over the world yes yes did they affect each other maybe maybe not maybe there was no connection maybe there was right you know once europe started getting silk there was a connection to the East. Yes. How much of a connection? How did that work? You know? Yep. Did the Chinese have contact with South America? You know? Right. Some people say yes. Some people say no. Find out about that. You know? See where this goes. That's where the, that's where the issue comes in right. for me. So, there you go. Two. Your Eagles just won the Super Bowl. 41-33 is the final score. So and you, you just happen to be wearing Eagles. And you're wearing your Eagles sweatpants today. The Eagles. Go Philly. So anyway. Um 
Anything else on your uh, queue of the W today? That was it. What tools do we use? Okay, and tools. Yes. Everything. Yeah. Music, movies, books. Personal accounts. Yes. I, I, I don't know how many times I've said to our children, which I don't think they've ever really done, ask your grandmother because she lived it. She has an impression of it. Mm-hmm. Ask people around you. Ask old people. Ask granny. Ask whoever. Get information about how those people felt about that thing. Because that tells you something about the time. You know, it tells you something about what they lived through and how they felt about it. Those things are also important. Right. You know, even if the person says, you know what, I don't remember it. I don't remember when it happened, but I know how I feel about it today. And it, I, it makes me feel this kind of way. Because remember... If we talk about history, we can talk about actual facts that we can actually discern. Right. But it's also people's reaction to those ideas and to those things that then live on. You know, if I grew up, see, I never grew up. I never, I never had a time in my life where I felt negatively about Malcolm X. But that's because in the 80s. And then the 90s, Malcolm X was being brought back into popular culture, Public Enemy and all these other groups. They were talking about them in a very positive way. So I didn't get that time where Malcolm was being demonized in my my remembrance. All I remembered is Malcolm being the, the, the guy that wasn't... Like Martin. Right. Martin was on all the church fans. Yep. Malcolm was not. I and remember so, reading the book like, and reading the book about Malcolm X and wondering why I had never heard about this guy before. Must have been freshman year of college. Oh, my. Well, hello. Well, that's, that's the I problem, isn't it? I grew up in a it? village why does that matter? In a white village. Why does that in matter? In rural Michigan. Why does that matter? See, that's and the problem. And I should have known. Yeah, it's not that you should have known. They should have been teaching. They should have been teaching. That it. should have been just part of the regular old history classes. Right. Yeah. That's And see, that's where and the problem comes in. Part of it, I should have. they should have been teaching it as part of our Michigan history. Yeah. Because he's from Michigan. Lansing. So when I'm re- I was reading like this me. book... I'm like, why didn't, why have I never heard of this before? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 17 years old reading about Malcolm X for the first time, wondering why the hell it had taken me so long. And if I wouldn't have just picked up the book just because, you know, it looked interesting, I would have never, I don't know, probably not known until, you know, 10 years but later. That's, that is the, that is the very problem that Black History Month is trying to solve. Because it's not being taught in the schools. Yeah. So then the reaction to that is, oh, we need to force this out there so that people will be, you know, at least, at the very least, exposed to something that they're not getting in the schools. And that's not just black people. That's black people and white people and every other kind of people. But then my, my, my problem with all of that is... Why are we just not talking about, say, Native American history? Why is that not being talked about? Because if we talk about black people being enslaved in the Americas, white people weren't the only people enslaving black people in the Americas. Right. So then you've got a whole other group of people that you kind of have to deal with as well. Yep. And then you have to deal with the fact of uh, the American government, how it dealt with Native peoples in the Americas. Right. You know, from the beginnings till today. You know, do we need a month? No, we don't need a month. We need history class. Right. Yeah. I'm big. On, I'm big on being very holistic here. Right. If we're gonna if we're gonna talk about say every aspect, and this is this I guess, and maybe this is where the problem comes in. Every aspect of your education. If you're gonna talk about science, aren't there people in science that were black? Yes. So why are you not talking about them? Why are you not bringing them up when you're in your science class? Okay, let's look at literature. 
did black folks write anything? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So why are why are they being discounted? Why aren't they? I mean, I understand maybe you don't talk about black writers when you're talking about Shakespeare because time wise they don't go together. No. Okay, I'm okay with that. You shouldn't necessarily be talking about them. But what? A, but are 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 there any black writers that happen in the you know in Shakespeare's time in Europe? If there are, why are you not bringing them up? Right. You see? What yep. about the women? Same thing. Yep. You know? Yep. So, okay. So, now when you're starting to look at it, but then are they writing in India at that time? Are right. they writing in, say, other parts of the world at that time? Right. You know? Are they influencing each other? Right. That's the problem. We're not taking that kind of a look at it. You know? If you're going to talk about issues... Right? Yep. See, if you're going to, like, my current English book talks about issues, like an idea, a big idea. And then it takes that big idea and uses writers from all over the place. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Now you can now you can jump through time. It doesn't even, time right. has no meaning there. Right. But if you're going to take the other side of teaching, say, literature, that most people do is where they're just going from the earliest writings in English... And they're marching through time. Well, then you're going to have to include people that maybe you didn't want to include before. Yes. And that's, that's part of black history is bringing in those voices once they start writing and their voices are being heard. You need to br now bring them in. Right. As they come in. Same thing with women. Same thing with native people. Yep. You got to start bringing them in as they come in. And that's what doesn't happen. And then they want to look back and say, oh, yeah, there was this guy, Frederick Douglass, and he wrote some stuff. <laughs> or, oh, there was this, you know, woman who did this thing and wrote these things, you right. know. No, don't go back and say, oh, but, yeah, there was this. There was this poet you know, named Langston Hughes. There was, there was if you're going to be looking at say the you know the 1800s there may have been people writing reacting giving speeches all stuff valid for history or literature right you know there may have been people who were doing different things in the realms of math and science engineering architecture design why are we not talking about all of that stuff when it's appropriate to the age you're in in history in science in whatever you know it's 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 taking those things out that's the problem we should stop taking them out right all right what else you got for q of the w anything else that's it use the internet i think that's where we started use the internet yeah that's a great place easy easy library there but be very discerning use books but you got to do the exact same thing and then use as much other stuff that you can find magazine articles, you know, everything you use everything and then you critique it. Talk about it. You know, I think, I think, I think our problem is that we talk to our children too much. So because we talk to our children too much, we know where the gaps are. Mm. And maybe that's where the issue is for other parents is maybe they're not having these kinds of conversations and letting the children go explore a topic and then coming back and having more conversation about those things. I think maybe that's where the problem comes in. I think that's, it's an unrealistic expectation for many parents who send their children to a traditional school. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how many times that, you know, You'd have, the teacher told me this in school, and the parent says, no, that's not true. And then the ch child goes back to school, answers the question the way their parents told them, and now it's wrong. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So now now what we're talking about is education has a problem. Yes. But, you know. Yep. How would anybody know on your test? You got the grade. So, all right, that's it. You done for the Q of the W? I think so. All right, here we go. You ready? Hit it. YouTube.
Facebook, Pinterest, yeah, mm-hmm. and iTunes. You can find us at the Traveling Fars. Email travelingfars at gmail.com. Website thetravelingfars.blueberry.net. No ease in blueberry. Twitter and Instagram, Traveling Fars. Oh God, we're everywhere. Where else can we be? Hey, let's make a LinkedIn page because everybody checks that. They do. <laughs> I haven't been on can, I, can we do a MySpace? Oh, dear no. God, no. <laughs> hey, by the way, just a little side note. Oh, God. There is a Native American History Month. It's November. Really? Yep, and it started in 1990 by President George H.W. Bush. Really? Yep. And nobody pays attention to it. Isn't it ironic that it's November? We know more you know, about Breast Cancer Month than we know about that. Thanksgiving. Pink shoes in the football and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Yes. Cool. All my links are at the top. We're, we're, we're Lincoln. We're always Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Just kidding. All right. <laughs> we're out of here. Say goodbye to the people. Goodbye, people. Peace. <laughs>